Let's pray. Lord, we ask that as we look at your word this morning, that you would speak to each of our hearts and move us, God, from where we are to the place that you would have us be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. (laughs) Christmas, it's about accepting things we don't like. 2020 has been quite a year for most of us. How many of you had to accept some things you did not like that were forced upon you this year? Some of us didn't like the quarantines. Some of us didn't like the masks, the social distancing, the way we had to go to work, the way we had to go to school or not go to school because of COVID-19. Some of us did not like the cancellation of our proms, our games, our parties, our family gatherings. Some of us didn't even fully enjoy being limited to being in our house, even though it was with our family members. Amen? Well, I got good news for you, because COVID-19 has been preparing you for today's message on Christmas. That's the only reason this pandemic happened, was to help me with this sermon today. You know, when we think of Christmas, we think of all kinds of memories and fantasies that come to our mind. Uh, we think of family time together. We think of visiting relatives. We think of eating lots of food. Amen, Pastor Toby. Getting and giving presents. We think of Christmas carols, decorations, and actually just having a plain wonderful time. Yet, when we go back to the first century, we find a very different atmosphere was present. Some of the people were inconvenienced, they were angry, they were upset, because they had to leave the towns they were in to go to the towns where they had been born in in order to register for a census. Caesar Augustus had issued a decree that there should be a census taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone had to go back to the town in which they were born. Now, as these people were traveling, some of them were hungry. There wasn't any Burger Kings and McDonald's along the way. Travel was difficult. There were no Hotel 6, Motel 7, or Holiday Inns on the route. How many of you know Siri and MapQuest hadn't been invented yet? So if you came to a fork in the road, can you imagine if you went left instead of right and you got 20 miles down the road before you found out you was in the wrong little town or the wrong little village? Caesar's decree had been forced upon the people and they had little choice but to accept it. You know, sometimes we have this false view of God which probably comes out of Santa Claus, where we think Christmas is simply about us being made happy and us receiving a wonderful gift. But if we look into the scriptures, we find that God is not always interested in making us happy or causing us to feel like we have been super blessed. God is interested in changing us so that God can use us. That has been the underlying theme of almost every sermon I preach this year. 
God wants to do something inside of us. Tell your neighbor, he's working on you. (laughs) Now, you're not going to want to hear this, but one of the greatest gifts that you can give this Christmas to someone who gets on your nerves is the gift of acceptance. It can be liberating for you and a blessing to the other person. You see, God is not going to always change another person to make them more to our liking. Disappointments are going to be a part of our relationships to one another. There are no perfect families, no perfect marriages, no perfect homes, (laughs) no perfect relationships. Now, God had sent the angel Gabriel to Mary, a young girl who was a virgin, engaged to be married, and he told her that she was going to give birth to a son who would be the Savior of the world. And Mary tried explaining to the angel, I don't know how things happen up there in heaven where you all are, but down here on earth, (laughs) in order to get pregnant, You have to have sex. And since I haven't had sex, I couldn't be pregnant. And the angel told her, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and you will become pregnant through a move of the Holy Spirit. Now Mary was delighted to be used by God. And she told the angel, let it be done to me according to your word. In other words, she was saying, I am all in as your servant. Now, everything is great for Mary until, say until, (laughs) until she has to try and explain this to Joseph. This good news of being pregnant by the Holy Spirit is anything but good news to Joseph. If I was Joseph, I'd be thinking, didn't this angel know where I live? Couldn't he have shown up and told me about all this? If she was telling the truth, why didn't God say something to him? You know, and and this, this story all sounded mighty convenient since she had been gone for the last three months anyways. So your fiance been gone for three months and come home and say, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit. How many of y'all say, hallelujah? Okay, women, how do you feel being accused by the person you love and expect to marry? And this person is accusing you of having sex with another man. This person that you thought you really knew him. Now... You, you see what kind of attitude problem he got, and, and, and he, you don't think you know him so well after all. How could he think so little of your honor and your commitment to God to even have these kinds of thoughts about you? Where was the trust he told you that he had in you before you left? This isn't the kind of thing where, you know, after you've accused somebody, you just say, I'm sorry, and everybody shake hands and get over it. Men, 
How would you feel? Probably having heard a rumor that your fiance was pregnant before you heard it from your fiance. We know how fast gossip travels. If I told y'all a lie up here right now about me and Pastor Toby, before the service was over, people would hear it all over Cleveland. You remember when Mary went and talked to Elizabeth? Elizabeth told Mary, Mary, the baby leaped in my womb. How could the mother of my Lord be whatever else she said? And, and she says, you're going to bear a special son. Now, when Elizabeth said Mary was going to have a special son, don't you think that word got out? And even though they didn't have cell phone, they knew how to talk just like we did. And that word had three months to get from the hill country down to where Joseph was. Man, what would be your reaction if your fiance told you, I'm pregnant by the Holy Spirit? Walter, would you have called a party and said, praise God? <laughs> Katie, would you be saying, Gail, he believed everything I said. Especially when you've been living apart since the start of your engagement period to make sure both of you knew and everybody knew she was not pregnant and you both knew you had not had sex. Now, can you imagine the heated argument that must have been taking place over God's gift to the world? I can imagine Mary thinking, well, if that's the way you're going to be, I don't need you in my life. I don't want a man who thinks of me as some kind of a prostitute. I can imagine Joseph thinking, what kind of a fool do you think I am? Why would you make up such a story? And if I couldn't trust you to be alone for three months by yourself, you think I want to trust you for the rest of my life? If you're going to lie about this child, what other kind of lies are you going to tell in the future? And another thing, I cannot believe you're the one that did the wrong and you tried to make me feel bad about being upset. They both went away angry and confused that day. And they both had decisions to make. Mary had to decide if she thought there was any hope for this relationship. You know, if she had not felt Jesus inside of her womb, she might have thought, well, maybe I'm making all this up. Maybe I am just losing my mind. It seemed as though only Elizabeth believed the story of this miraculous conception of the Son of God. And even if Joseph changed his mind to go through with the wedding, Mary probably didn't know if she was willing to accept a man who had hurt her so deeply. The scriptures do not tell us what step she took next, but it does give us more insight into Joseph. We find that Joseph was a righteous man. He was trying to live in obedience to God. And he was very angry and upset over what Mary had done to him from his perspective. She not only betrayed him, but she was going to destroy his reputation in the community as soon as this thing got out. <laughs> Church boy Joseph 
the elder, he really chose the wrong one for his fiance. His name was going to be attached to this child, and he didn't even know who the father was. And nobody was going to buy into this child as being the savior of the world, no matter what Mary said. People would think both he and Mary thought they were fools trying to pull a fast one to cover what they assumed was Mary and Joseph's sinful actions. Now Joseph could have made an attempt to save his reputation, but it was going to bring shame and disgrace on Mary for certain. And their engagement, it, it's not like what we call an engagement. We can be engaged to Bobby on Tuesday and Billy next Wednesday. <laughs> and still marry somebody else. <laughs> no, during their time, they were at the stage of engagement where they were so committed in the process that in order to break off the engagement, you actually had to go through a full divorce proceedings. Now Joseph is wrestling with, how do I make the most of this terrible situation? Joseph thought, well, you know, you know. He thought his only option was to get a divorce. But he decided to do it privately in order to spare Mary some humiliation. In other words, he was going to get a divorce, but he wasn't going to state the reason for the divorce. But there was a catch. If he didn't publicly state the reason for the divorce he would have to take care of this child with child support payments until the child became an adult. Wow. Jesus has not even fully arrived in the world, and he's causing trouble for people. We like to think that Christmas revolves around peace on earth and goodwill to all. But when you really look at it, those involved in the first Christmas, you see a lot of pain, a lot of frustration, and a lot of anger. Now, each one of us here, as we look down upon this situation, we can easily understand why Mary does not want to accept Joseph. And we can easily understand why Joseph does not want to trust Mary. They are both looking at things totally from their own viewpoint. I want you to think about someone in your life who is hard for you to accept because of something they have done, something they do, or something they might have said. It might be because they have a different opinion than you do on a certain issue, or they were raised with a different set of values, or they see the world through a different set of lens. You know, think for a moment about the kinds of things that we let irritate us about other people. Oh, man, they sing too much. I'm a person that likes to sing all the time. And you know what? If you notice, my wife is usually always on the same side of me. Because I married a woman who's got an ear that
that cannot stand certain pitches. <laughs> and so, instead of just saying, Pastor Rick, would you be quiet? She finally realized, just said, tapped me on the shoulder, wasn't getting the job done. So she just moved to the other side where her other ear was. And we've lived happily ever after. <laughs> what else? They, they sing too loudly. They don't clean up after themselves. Anybody got somebody like that? They don't clean up after themselves. They always arrive early. They always arrive late. They are too loud. They don't talk enough. They spend too much time on those electronic gadgets. They don't approve of the choices we make. They won't even spend enough money on Christmas. They spend way too much money on Christmas. We don't approve of the choices they make. They think they know everything. They smack their lips when they chew gum. They look like a cow when they chew in gum. Their hairstyle gets on my nerves. They are just too plain bossy. I cannot believe it. They will not fill up the ice trays in the refrigerator. If I have to put down that toilet seat one more time, They always get in the front seat in the car. <laughs> what? What if Jesus said, for this Christmas, I just want you to accept this person as one for whom I died. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them or you approve of what they do, but accept them as they are, realizing they might not ever change. Would you do that for me? How many of you already said, Jesus wouldn't ask nothing like that of me? The world tells us, if you don't agree with my position, then you are wrong. And you are a hater. And you are this and you are that. The word of God tells us that we can love those with whom we disagree. But we don't have to approve of the way they live. Jesus loved the woman that was caught in adultery. But he never said adultery was a legitimate activity in the eyes of God. Jesus loved the prostitute who poured perfume on his feet. But he never said prostitution was a good thing. Jesus loved Peter, who had a problem with anger and prejudice. I just can't like anybody that prejudiced. But Jesus never said anger and prejudice were good things to have in our lives. Our acceptance of a person does not mean we are approving of all that they do. Jesus shows us that we can love those with whom we disagree. And not only can we do it, we are called to do it. 
Because he said, love one another as I have loved you. Remember this. Your way of seeing a situation is not the only way it can be seen. I know we think we know why another person keeps on doing something that irritates us. But we really don't. My wife could have taken the position, he, he just mad because I didn't do such and such. That's why he, he just keeps singing in my ear. I done told him to quit. But one day she realized even when nobody is around him, he keeps on singing. Didn't have anything to do with her. Unless I was trying to sing a love song to her. <laughs> Sometimes what we think they are doing to get on our nerves it has nothing to do with us. That's just who they are. Are we willing to ask God to give us the grace to let go of our own prejudices and love this other person? Now think about it for a moment. If you didn't know the story of Christmas and how things turned out, what advice would you have given Mary concerning Joseph when she told you what Joseph's reaction was? How many, child, you just need to let him go and let him go now. It's a good thing you found out in time. What advice would you have given Joseph? You see, brother, the Lord has shown you right now that you need to go another way. He's got somebody else for you. The reality is, we don't always know what God is doing in a given situation. We don't always know when God is telling us to just accept something as a reality and trust Him to give us the grace to deal with it. We don't have to keep drawing lines in the sand and telling people, unless you cross this line, I will not accept you as you are. Acceptance, again, doesn't mean approval. It means I'm still willing to try to love you. Think about what Mary was asking of Joseph. Mary wanted Joseph to take everything he knew about God, and about biology and throw it overboard so that he could believe her. What was Mary asking Joseph? Or what did Joseph ask of Mary? Joseph wanted Mary to deny that she had had a real encounter with an angel and admit that she had fallen into sin and betrayed him. Neither one of them understood how much they were asking the other person to do. Sometimes we are asking far more than we think when we decide to not love and accept another person until they meet our requirements. 
Let me ask you this. What requirement did God ask of you before choosing to accept you and to love you? I think the scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The reality is God didn't draw a line in the sand. How many of us are happy for that? The fate of the world is hanging in the balance of Mary and Joseph coming to the point of accepting each other. But you know something? We do not know what hangs in the balance of our choices to choose to accept someone with their behaviors or our choice to refuse to accept them as they are. What will it cost us? It might cost us a divorce. It might cost us someone not speaking to us for years. It might cost us never getting to know our grandchildren or never getting to know our grandparents. It might cost us the loss of our church family. It might cost us dying with loneliness and bitterness as a part of our existence. You know, it would be great if the person wasn't addicted to alcohol or drugs. It would be great if the person was more responsible financially than they are. It would help us tremendously if the person would speak to us with softness and more kindness in their voice. But sometimes we have to wait a little longer on God to finish what he's doing inside of us. Sometimes we want others to see our side of the story, but we really don't want to see their side of the story without writing in an exception for our behavior. Yeah, I never would have done that if you had not. God finally intervenes after both Mary and Joseph are at the end of their rope. We don't know if Mary got word that Joseph was considering starting divorce proceedings or not. God sent an angel to Joseph in a dream and said, Look, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now, how many of us would have said, Lord, if this is really you talking to me in this dream, let me dream it again tomorrow night to be sure. We can always find a reason to ignore what God is telling us to do. Joseph knew the word of God. He remembered that prophecy back in the book of Isaiah hundreds of years earlier that said, the virgin shall conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
the gospel writer tells uh, gospel writer Matthew, he tells us that Joseph woke up. He did what the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he went and took Mary as his wife. I want you to realize Joseph went to bed thinking he didn't want a thing to do with Mary or her child. He woke up transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit and was willing to do whatever was necessary to further the plans and purposes of God. I want us to realize we might just be one day, one dream away from a major change in our situation. Now I can imagine it wasn't easy for Joseph to go over to Mary's father and apologize for calling his daughter a liar and a loose woman. I hate to think what I might have did if I'd been <laughs> Mary's father. It wasn't easy humbling himself before Mary to ask her for forgiveness. After all, why should she believe an angel spoke to him in a dream when he didn't believe an angel spoke to her in person? Following Jesus Christ always is going to crucify our pride again and again. How many of you know that 99.9% .9 of us have a pride problem? And how many of us know we probably not in that 0.01% that doesn't? Mary also had to humble herself as well. She had to admit, you know, Joseph, when I look at it from your perspective, you had a legitimate reason to feel exactly as you felt. She had to apologize to him for thinking that his faith was far less sincere than it really was. You see, when she told the angel, be it done to me as you have said, how I many of you know she wasn't thinking about what this was going to do to Joseph? She just wanted to be used by God. Now, if you have two people who are trying to be faithful to God having to accept something they didn't like on the first Christmas, why are we surprised that we are in the same predicament? The only one who really had to accept something they didn't like the first Christmas was God. God made the choice of accepting people who wanted nothing to do with him. All of us at some point have said, no, God. <laughs> Am I the only one? <laughs> Just let me live my life as I want to live it. We have all felt like that. But let me ask you something. How many of you know exactly what's going to happen to you on Christmas Eve this year? How many of you know exactly what's going to happen to you Tomorrow, not a single one of us. Only God could see 
that for God to leave us alone as we desired, what it actually meant. It meant that each one of us would be spending eternity in hell for the payment of our rebellion against God. God knew that if God did not ascend us a Savior, not a single one of us would have hope for salvation. For the price of our sin is death, which involves eternal separation from God. Jesus Christ did not pay for our sins lying in a manger. He paid for our sins hanging on a cross. And Jesus accepted us even before we were willing to accept him, even though we were the one in need. Christmas involves accepting things about ourselves that we might not like. The first is that we never will be good enough to go before God on our own. How many of you know we are all professional, broken-down sinners? We are professional at that. We need a Savior who is outside of ourselves to present our case for mercy to God. It's not just other people are the problem. we part of the problem too. Second, we need to accept that when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That Jesus knew what he was talking about. We hate in our society for there to be said, there is one way to do anything. Jesus didn't come to be one among many saviors. He came as the Savior of the world. Third, we need to accept the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ as proof that we too shall one day rise from the dead. And finally, we need to put our trust and confidence in the work of Jesus Christ in order for us to be saved. Because if we miss that, we really miss what Christmas is all about.